Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hey, podcast and Amplify family. We are back with a fabulous new guest, Manisha Tare. She's a somatic healing practitioner for highly sensitive and empathetic women who have people-pleasing tendencies, and she helps support them in prioritizing their well-being, setting better boundaries, and being less affected by others' emotions and actions. Based on that, I thought she would be the perfect person to come on and talk about setting boundaries. So welcome, Manisha. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Is there anything you want to add? Yeah. Oh gosh. I'm sure we'll get into a lot more as we as we speak, but I think that lately I've been having this conversation about somatics and what that is and and how that's relevant and I think we're going to dive into that. But that that just feels like an important piece to highlight because I've I talk about it all the time because I've been steeped in this work for so long, but I can totally understand like where people would be like I don't exactly know what that means. So Oh, 100%. I didn't know what that meant either before yeah. I started working with my coach. So I love that we're going to get into that a little bit as we talk about setting boundaries. So you and I had talked before and I had mentioned that I don't actually feel like I have a problem setting boundaries for the most part. I'm not really a people pleaser, but... I have other things for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't you worry, audience. <laughs> I have plenty of other things that, that I struggle with. This doesn't feel like it's one of them. But mm-hmm. the reason why I wanted to chat about it and to do a show on it is because I see that so many women struggle with setting boundaries, um, mm-hmm. with not overextending themselves, feeling like they have to sort of sacrifice and give their all on a daily basis. And that really bothers me, I guess. I Mm. I just feel like there's a lot of social conditioning around that. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of maybe cultural conditioning for some. There's just a lot of layers as to why we women still feel like we have to take on everything and deplete ourselves and not set Mm -hmm. those boundaries. And so... I really want to give the woman listening some tools for feeling more confident around setting boundaries and um, advocating for themselves because I'm just like, I'm I'm over that seeing the woman, Mm -hmm. the powerful, amazing woman in my life and my community in Mm -hmm. this podcasting space. I'm just like, you can honor yourself and what in your mm-hmm. needs. So let's dive in. And can you tell me a little bit more about setting boundaries? What's the difference between having time and being available? We had talked about that. And I thought, oh, that's a very juicy distinction. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'll dive in from there and then we can explore. But um, I guess right to preface that, you know, I think about boundaries in a few different ways. Like there is that time piece, certainly like the practical boundaries of our schedule, certainly. And then there's also energetic boundaries, which I think um, I don't hear talked about as much. I've, I've seen it in some spaces, but the way I think about energetic boundaries is really about like how much we take in from our environment and how we're able to kind of just set a good, healthy distinction between like what's somebody else's and what's ours and be able to separate that. And, you know, having that like really core sense of ourselves and who we are and like what's ours is really, really helpful to then recognize what's not ours. And so I'll, I can kind of unpack that in a little bit, but your initial like um, question and what we talked about the last time we spoke about that time and like having it and then being available are so different. And I think there's like the cultural pieces of, well, if I have the time, I should give it. Or if I have the time, how could I say no? Like kind of like the guilt factor or or I would even say guilt and also like not enough justification, because I think that whether we realize it or not, we are constantly trying to justify our decisions and saying no just by itself can feel like we're, we're really like leaving people hanging. And I think that especially for the highly sensitive piece, which I definitely identify as somebody who has a sensitive nervous system it doesn't, it feels awkward to, or difficult for me to feel somebody else's discomfort because I can feel it so acutely. So it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just do it. Or this is like my former self, right? Like, I'll just do it because I don't want them to feel bad. Because really, if they feel bad, I'm the one who's going to end up feeling bad. So that's really what I'm trying to avoid. And so I think that that place of like, well, if I don't have a real reason, like I have to go pick up my kids or I'm on vacation or I'm like literally just not available. Like that's the only reason I can say no to somebody versus this is my preference or I'd rather spend this time alone or I have stuff that I want to work on or think through or do something, you know, for myself, whether it's like health related or anything like it's like, where's the justification? And so that's, that's sort of how I've seen that play out. Yeah. Like you feel like you need a justification to say no, right? Like instead of mm-hmm. it just being like, no is a no, and you don't really mm-hmm. need a reason. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that can, that is definitely a struggle. I struggle with no, like mm-hmm. a hard no sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting where you mentioned being a highly sensitive person, which I can relate to as well. And I hadn't connected it to, oh, I'm going to feel the discomfort because mm-hmm. you're so right. When you're an empathetic person, it's like the dread of all those feelings coming up is, is a deterrent. Yeah. It's, it's it, hard. Really it really is. And I'll just make one quick note about the no thing, because I have I have been guilty of saying this and I feel like there's so many memes around like, you know, your the complete answer is no or no is a complete sentence or in you know, all of these things, which on one hand, sometimes that can be helpful to lean into, especially if you hang out on the way other side of that polarity, right? 
And being a person who's empathetic and sensitive, like it's also okay to give a, a reason, but it's really like the intention behind the reason. Like if I'm giving the reason to like justify it, it's really different than just telling a friend or somebody you care about or your partner or family member, like, oh yeah, I can't do this because I'm doing this other thing. But, you know, to have to find like a, a reason or like what you think is valid versus like, hey, I really need some time by myself that afternoon. I wish I could help you, but maybe I can help you another day, right? Like, I think that's, there, there's a balance to to all of this. Like, it doesn't just have to be like, no. And, and I mean, that's not a, like relational, right? Like we want to have good <laughs> relationships, but I would encourage people if they're like resonating with this, it's just like, it doesn't mean you can't give an answer or a reason, but it's like, why are you doing it? Like, are you doing it? Cause you feel like, you have to justify it or you're just like sharing like what you're going to be doing instead. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction, right? Because for some people you're, you're right. You have a relationship with them. So it's going to be awkward if it's just like, no, that's it. Good day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like not how we talk to people, right? Right. Right. <laughs> and so I, I appreciate you bringing that, that up that in certain contexts, a no, a hard no is a no and doesn't need any explanation. Mm-hmm. And then other parts of your life, um, it definitely does help to have the the follow-up right to the no. Mm-hmm. So what are some reasons why we typically don't set boundaries? Yeah, there are so many reasons. So one of them being like the, we don't want to feel bad part, right? Because we're going to maybe disappoint somebody. There's also this um, desire to do that people-pleasing thing of maybe we had some experience um, as a kid. It doesn't have to be anything like traumatic necessarily, but just like somewhere where someone, you know, called us selfish for like not being helpful or said, oh, they're just into their own thing. They don't want to do something for somebody. Like it could be that small. Like there could be some instance that really like you internalize being a person that's sensitive and like can take in a lot of people's like feelings and stuff. Um, and then people will remember that like in, in their body somewhere. Um, and we can get into some of the somatic stuff, but it's like not a conscious memory of like, Oh, this person, when I was like seven said this to me, but you know, when I've done work with people, it's really interesting to see like what memories will pop up for them when we drop into their bodies and kind of explore like, hmm, like where might this be coming from? Let's just be really open and curious. And suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, when I was this age, like my parent or my teacher or my whatever said this thing to me. And then it's like literally stuck in their bodies, like all of these years, you know, 20, 30 years later. And it's like, makes it difficult. Um, I think other reasons are definitely this confluence of cultural and societal conditioning of like what we're expected to do and like what just what is an expectation of a person that's good and um I'm air quoting for those of you who are listening and not watching because we I think we have a lot of beliefs about like what does a good person do and like how does a good person behave and so I would also just encourage people to think like what's the identity I have about myself and like does that identity change if I'm a person who says no like am I a mean person or my bitch or am I this and so you know just really like thinking about it in in that way um can it lead us to, or can help us understand like, what's like my reason for having trouble 
And the biggest thing, I left this for the end, but it's like this sense of belonging, right? I think everybody, it is like a survival need to belong to a group. And so I think often this underlying sort of uh, universal fear is like, if I say no, then I might get kicked out of the group or someone might not like me or they'll be mad at me or I won't be part of that, that family group or that partnership or the friend group or whatever it is. And so we do this a lot just to to stay feeling like we're a part of something. But the, the, de- the potential detriment to that is that we say yes so much that we actually lose who, who we are and we get completely enmeshed in the group, which is why a lot of people I work with, like definitely have like those, some of these codependent patterns that we have to, you know, just examine and start like extricating. Yeah. And I think there must be something around worthiness or, you know, not feeling like you are, your time is valuable maybe, Mm -hmm. or your needs are valuable Mm -hmm. enough to set that boundary. Um, Yes. But that, you know, everything kind of leads, all roads lead back to our sense of self-worth, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that you you brought that up for sure. There there are definitely pieces of, um, do I deserve this time? Or, uh, yeah, what is my, my time worth and the value of that? And those can be really buried, you know, underneath. Like, I don't, right. I don't know how many people walk around thinking like, I have trouble setting boundaries because like my self-worth is low. Like, <laughs> it's probably not a sentence really anybody says, you know, but if we peel back some of those layers and we look at like, well, what are you accepting? And like, what are you allowing yourself to settle for, or what are you, um, yeah, just tolerating. I think that's a really big one. We tolerate sometimes people saying things to us that if we heard them say to a friend, we'd be like, um, that's like totally not okay to just talk to somebody like that, you know, but we like, we'll tolerate it. And then we have to do some of that uncomfortable work of like, oh my God, do I not think I'm worthy of that? Like, that's like not an easy thing to, to sit with, right? Because we can, like make ourselves feel bad about it. But I I think it's like a really common, yeah, underlying reason that's hidden. Yeah, it's one of those really deep core wound kind of things Mm -hmm. that you're not always going to recognize unless you start working with someone to kind of help you tease out. Because you're right, it is, these things are very layered and they can Mm -hmm. be buried deep. And so- in your work, you know, you mentioned that you use somatic goals, and I know you specifically help people with um, highly sensitive nervous systems. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like in terms of helping them work through that and, mm-hmm. you know, get to a place where they feel comfortable setting those boundaries? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a great question. I think there's uh, there's a couple of things. Like one, I'll just sort of define somatic. Like soma, somatic or soma refers to the body. So it's really an umbrella term, and people use it as like a larger term for like body based work. And so the way that I have used it um, in the past and have transitioned into more virtual is like I was a yoga teacher. I taught meditation. I did body work uh, called craniosacral therapy for about a decade, and so I was like connected literally to people's bodies, like hands on the body, like that kind of work for a really long time. And so that could be certainly considered some kind of somatic work. Um, And then when I transitioned to doing more work online, what 
the way I would practice that is like really helping people to drop into their bodies through maybe a meditation practice or, or like a, a guided practice to help them feel a little bit more relaxed. And so we're kind of moving from the head into the body, first of all, because most of us are like, you know, storytellers, we have like all kinds of reasons we want to understand what me included, I'm totally raising my hand here. You know, so that those types of practices can, you know, if you've ever done a meditation or some sort of like sound healing or something, you know, you could, you're like, oh, yeah, I feel more relaxed. And like, we're more connected, we tune into our breath, etc. And like, from there, that's sort of just the beginning aspect, because from there, your body is a representation of your subconscious. And so we have all of like our cognitive conscious thoughts, like running through our minds. But when we drop into the body, we start to notice like, oh, okay, I'm noticing some sensations. And then when I like really take the time to slow down a little bit and pay attention, I might notice an emotion come up or arise that maybe I didn't realize was in there. I've sort of just tucked it away because I had, I was busy and I had stuff to do. So in a session, what that might look like for somebody is, you know, they might come and say, like, I had this um, situation with, you know, my partner, and it's really hard for me to say what I needed to say. And I, I, I just like, was on the tip of my tongue, I, I had it all prepared, I had it, you know, I, I talked about it with a friend, and I was like, already, but in the moment, I kind of froze and shut down. And I, I just like, couldn't say it. And so that's like, oh, okay, well, you're frozen and you're shut down. So that's already the body, right? So we're like, oh, that's like, let's get really curious. So I will have them kind of bring that, that scenario back up into their minds and like really sit with all the sensations. Because in the moment, it's like, I just kind of froze and shut down and then the subject changed and I felt like, oh, great, now, now what am I going to do? You know, but in the moment when I'm working with them, we can say like, tell me what's happening in your body a little bit. And it might be like my heart is racing and I have this like thing going on my stomach and then I just felt really scared and so we're like oh there's like some fear they're interesting so it's very much guided by the person but when they can slow down an experience that they've had and feel what's going on then some of the energy of that that can feel kind of intense starts to dissipate right because they're sitting with the discomfort and so what we're really doing is you know changing this impact, like changing that intense impact, like softening it, noticing the energy dissipate. And so when that opportunity comes up again, they might still feel a little bit nervous, right? But they're like, oh, I've, they've already practiced like being with that discomfort. And so they're like, okay, nothing bad has happened. I've like sat with this discomfort. I sat with it for five minutes. I sat with it for seven minutes. I watched it move. My body feels calmer. So then they're taking that body, right? Their body that's a little bit shifted to the next conversation. And so it might be like, oh, I felt a little nervous, but I was able to get it out. And then I had this conversation. And so like, that's how you can see it change over time because you sort of practice sitting in it. I guess I'll distinguish it from like mental work because you can talk yourself through that process too. But then in the moment, I find that if you're only doing mental work, which is important, but if you're only doing that, you're almost willing yourself to, you're willing yourself through the conversation. Like you're convincing yourself, I can do this. I can do this, which again, helpful for sure. But if you bring the body into it, you're not like fighting with your body. 
to have it, right? Your brain is not fighting with your body to then say the thing. Like you're, you're, you're on the same page a little bit more. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all working together. And those shifts in the body are so powerful because Mm -hmm. I think most of us ignore those cues and it kind of takes someone else. You're not used to that to, to point out like you're, no, you're actually feeling this in physically in your body. Mm -hmm. It's not just the emotional part, like the feelings of, oh, I feel anxious or that you can name. Right. But it's like your body is tensing or maybe your stomach does feel like it's in knots or, Mm -hmm. you know, like that frozen feeling that you mentioned. Um, and so going through the, through the body, right. Instead of just the mind, I think that's such powerful work that you do. Hey friends, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to take just a few seconds to invite you to a free workshop that I created. It's called launch a binge worthy podcast. And it's all about helping you to create a heartfelt podcast that reaches your soul listeners and grows your business. If you want access, just go to podcastandamplify.com. It's totally free. Okay, friend, back to the show. Can you share some ways that we can start setting boundaries if that's something that we're struggling with? And then also what we can do when it feels scary, because I think that Mm -hmm. scary part, you know, is is something that really holds us back. Um, And so Mm -hmm. if you can share any tools that you have, that'd be great. Yeah. So what I often will recommend for people to do in the beginning is it's like pre-work. Like you kind of have to do the work before the situation arises. And then I can share a little bit of what you can do in the moment. But if you are new to having like a practice where you're slowing down and paying attention to your body, and it doesn't have to be like the sitting meditation or anything super formal, that if you set a timer for five minutes, seven minutes, 10 minutes, like whatever your comfort level is, and just lay down and start to notice like what is happening in my body, right? Like just get like a baseline orientation of what is even happening. And I will say that this is really helpful, even if you've been doing this work for a long time, like sometimes if I'm just like resting, I will really intentionally just put a, you know, set a timer so I don't lose track of time and just notice like, how am I today? <laughs> like what is happening? You know, and you can start to really you can start to get to know like your own moods and sensations and you can start to notice like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was holding this much tension in my stomach. That's really interesting. Like what's going on for me today, you know? And so you start to get curious and like make those connections. So I would say like, if if anyone's listening to this and they're like, I really just don't know, like set a timer for five minutes up it if you can, and really just get familiar with, with what's going on for you. And then I would really start to just pay attention to some of the boundary pieces. Like, like when you, when we started, you said, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I have strong boundary game. And I was like, that's awesome. You know? And I, but it's like, for all of us, there are probably pieces where we're like, I didn't realize like that, that was also like, you know, maybe I, um, have a hard time, like not necessarily saying no, because that's sort of the tradition or like the typical, like, oh, it's you say no to set a boundary. But a boundary could look like so many different things, right? It could just look like someone calls you on the phone and they're like talking and talking and talking. And you're like, I I, I love this person, but I, I just kind of have to go and I don't know how to get out of it. You know, I don't want them to feel bad. That's a boundary, right? Like, and so start to notice like when that's coming up for you. And I would just encourage people to to notice like how much of my energy is that maybe taking up? Because a boundary, again, 
also is you've had an interaction and maybe there was something awkward about it. If you're still thinking about it, like that night or the next day or days later, like that's also having a hard time with the boundary because there's like an energetic component to that, right? Like the interaction is done, but it's like still like taking up so much energy and mental energy. So one, do the timer thing, start to tune into your body Two, start to notice like the different places where this is coming in, um, into your life. So you can really just get a sense of like, okay, is this really affecting me? Like, and how much to what degree? And then in terms of, of tools that you are like ruminating, right. Or thinking about something like that, you know, you can then use that experience as something to explore in your body. Like again, timered, right? I, I say that I use a timer a lot only because people can be um, overwhelmed or feel a little nervous to dive into something because they're like, oh my God, if I start thinking about this, like it's over, like it's going to take over. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. I'm going to get really upset. Like, so that's why the timer piece is so important. Um, and say like, yeah, last night I had a conversation that was like really sticking with me today. I might be like, you know what? I have a little bit of time. Let me set my timer and just sit with this and remember the conversation and notice what's happening in my body and just see if I could like release like some of that tension or some of that, those feelings. And really, I like to ask myself, like, what is this really about? Because a lot of times it's like not about the specific content of the interaction there's usually something else going on. So like that's that's a tool that I like to to use for myself, more of an inquiry. And I might write about it or I might just think about it. And it's really interesting because a lot of times for me, it is about like, oh, someone didn't appreciate something that I did for them. And I'm like, oh, boundary, like could I have done that differently, right? So like, and this is my, I mean, this is why I do this work, right? Because I can, I understand it so intimately um, because I've lived it. And so that those are the ways that I, I would encourage people to explore. So those are like a lot more exploratory suggestions. I love it. Um, I think it's a great place to start, you know, tapping into how we're feeling. Yeah. What's going on in our bodies that you got, you have to kind of put that into practice first, I think, before you know, you can start to recognize that in the moment mm-hmm. when we, when you're trying to set that boundary and then take, be able to take care of yourself through, you know, that experience. Cause it's going to be hard if you're not used to it at first. Yeah. And the setting boundaries, it, you're right. Like, it's kind of like what I think about confidence. Like I used to think, oh, I'm not very confident. And what I realized after working on becoming more confident is that, oh, I, it wasn't that I lacked confidence across the board. It was in certain areas of my life. Mm. And so when you talked about setting boundaries, it's like felt very similar to that. It's like, I'm not, that's not that I have a handle on it for everything in my life. You know, there are certain areas where it's very easy for me. And then there's certain areas where it's a little tougher. Mm -hmm. That just kind of resonated with me. Like, oh yeah, you know, we're such complex humans, right? We are. Never a, I'm done. I'm good. I never have to deal with that. Yeah. But, you know, luckily we have people like you helping us to, you know, figure these things out and give us the tools. So I want to end this conversation by asking you, Manisha, what is your superpower? Mm -hmm. I love this question so much. Um, 
I would say that it's being able to hear the things that people are not saying. I love that. Yeah. All the, maybe the subtext or the nuance or like the metadata, right? Like what's underneath Mm -hmm. what maybe what's actually being said. Yeah. Also, I love astrology as a tool for personal development. And I've learned a lot about myself through looking at my own chart and then reading for other people. And I have my moon in Scorpio for if there's any astrology people out there, they'll know what that means. But Scorpio is really all about like the hidden stuff. And I really do feel that, uh, you know, when I'm certainly talking to people in general, but like with clients, especially like there's so much that they're conveying and our, our words are really limited. Right. And so I, I often find that I will, you know, maybe pick up on something and always reflect back to them to make sure it's right for them. So, you know, I never not want someone to, to really feel attuned to that as well, but often I will reflect something back and they're like, yeah, that's what it is, you know? And so that can really help the work move along a lot faster. Yeah. I really think it helps people feel really seen and and heard on a deeper level. Yeah. And that's so powerful. That is a superpower (laughs) for sure, because that's what we as humans are all longing for, right? It's yeah. such a meaningful impact that you have building, helping people feel seen and heard. And, you know, I, I imagine that you're articulating something that maybe they weren't able to. And then when you mm-hmm. say it, say it to them, they're like, oh, that's it. You know, Cause I've had yeah. those moments with coaches as well. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, you, you just like articulated exactly how I was feeling. I wasn't able to at that time. And yes. now I feel seen and, and heard. So that's a wonderful superpower. Thank you. And I definitely don't want to leave before we get to know how we can find out more about you, where we can like hang out with you more. Yeah. So I, um, I, on my website is my name, AnishaTerry.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, same handle, my full name. And yeah, you can come chat with me there, send me a message. I love to connect with people. I also, if you're curious about diving a little bit more into this type of work, I have a somatic practice on my website that you can download. And it really just gives people like this experience of like, what is this like? And how can this support me? And yeah, and I have a few uh, smaller courses that can also help people kind of get the nitty gritty of this. And one is called Boundaries for a Better Relationship. And it's all about like really tuning into your needs, working through some of that emotional overwhelm that I think we can all have when we're trying to like figure something out and um, really learning how slowing down, tuning into our body can actually give us like so much more information, strengthen our nervous system, like strengthen those boundaries so that we can feel confident to, you know, say what we need and and ask for those things. And there's like the side benefit of the self-worth piece, you know, there's so many, so many like things locked up in there. So yeah, I'd love to connect with your audience. Thank you so much. So those all sound like great resources. I will link all of those in the show notes. So listeners, you will have an easy way to connect with Manisha and take advantage of these really great tools that she's created. So Manisha, this has been a great conversation. I think it's really going to help the listeners who 
struggle with setting boundaries and help them feel like, oh, maybe this is something that I can make some tweaks and and get better at. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast and Amplify. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And the best way to support this show is by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. For those of you who leave a review, you'll get the chance to win a 30-minute strategy session or a mini audit of your existing podcast. Thanks for listening. And remember, your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.